2: Welcome to Nature Spirituality with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox and we celebrate Samhain by exploring Samhain traditions, ways to celebrate Samhain in your personal life, in your household, as part of groups that you're part of, communities that you're part of, and Being part of the much larger global celebration of Sawin, I'd like to begin with a chant that I created many years ago and I have used in connection with Sawin celebrations I've helped organize and that I've been part of. Thou,
0: when,
2: when... when... blessings to all who are preparing to celebrate some other holidays that have some connections but have their own traditions connected with them. Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, All Saints, All Souls' Day at the beginning of November, and Days of the Dead. Halloween as a Spiritual holiday, as well as Halloween as a secular, multicultural, international folk holiday. Salon, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, is the name that most pagans of a variety of paths use for this time of year. Some say it comes from the Gaelic, meaning summer's end. And certainly one way to be able to observe Samhain, the tradition of getting the last of the harvest in. And for those who celebrate the pagan and Wiccan wheel of the year that consists of the solstices and the equinoxes in the midpoints between, there is a tradition that beginning... At Lunasa, late July, early August in the Northern Hemisphere, that is the first of the harvest time. And for many, a grain harvest festival, followed by autumn equinox, fall equinox, which is the pagan Thanksgiving, the abundance harvest time with the cornucopia of plenty. And then at Samhain time, the last of the harvest is brought in before the very, very cold weather sets in. And associated with Samhain are some harvest items across a number of traditions. The apple. And bobbing for apples is associated with some Halloween celebrations, but before there was a Halloween, apples were connected with the sow and tide. And in the Americas, and now in other parts of the world, the pumpkin. People make jack-o'-lanterns from pumpkins and pumpkin pies and pumpkin uh, flavorings, but for many people the pumpkin has come to be a symbol of this time of year and the last of the harvest and I just love pumpkins and one of the traditions I have in my household with my husband Dennis is that we, as we start the and Tide late September, early October, we go to our local farm market and select our pumpkins for our front porch. We sometimes will also get pumpkins that we will carve, but we actually have fairly large pumpkins and often with the two pumpkins we put on either side of our door, we have brooms, which is another symbol that's been associated With Samhain and Halloween, there's Halloween witches as well as those who call themselves witches that follow the old ways of nature. And the broom not only can be a symbol for traveling with our consciousness, which is also part of a Samhain tradition, but for clearing out what is not needed a cleansing-type ritual. And I like having brooms on my front doorstep, along with the pumpkins, to connect with all of those holiday traditions. And I also have used the broom as something that I have used as part of cleansing rituals at this time of year also connected with harvest, especially in the Americas, in North America, where I am, getting the shocks of corn and tying them together. And sometimes the corn is still on those shocks, and sometimes they've been harvested out. But that has been an ancient symbol of autumn, of the height of autumn, which is what Samhain is in Halloween, And certainly in terms of decorations amongst local communities, especially out here in rural Wisconsin, USA, where I live and where Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve is, often main streets of local villages have those corn stalks as well as pumpkins and gourds and all manner of harvest symbolism. That connects us with the season and also connects us with the celebration of the height of the autumn time and the beginning of the final journey into the darkest part of the year. Samhain is a word that's come to us from the ancient Celts. Today it's being used by people from different cultural backgrounds and in different parts of the world. Some uh, have pronounced it as Sam Hain because it looks like that's how it should be pronounced, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, and indeed, back in um, decades ago, as contemporary paganism was spreading across the USA, some people use that pronunciation. As people have done a deeper dive into the Celtic languages and traditions, of the, the actual correct pronunciation of the term Salin or Sawin, some people use that um, inflection, has become a name that not only contemporary pagans, Wiccans, Druids, heathens, and others of different pagan paths are using for the celebration, but it's being used by other people from other spiritual traditions and philosophies that really draw inspiration from Celtic traditions, including um, the tradition of celebrating the Celtic New Year. So we have the end of the harvest, and we have Celtic spirituality and cultural traditions as part of celebrating Samhain, And just as some peoples and some traditions will actually start their accounting of a day as night falls the night before a day happens. So It's been said that Celtic peoples did this. So All Hallows' Eve, or Samhain night, October 31st, in many traditions in the Northern Hemisphere, is actually beginning the new year. And November 1st, the first full day of the new year. When Samhain is celebrated depends on the person the household, the family, the group, the community, the time period, and where it's being observed in the in the world. Within the Circle Sanctuary community and within my own household and my personal practice, I celebrate the Sawin Tide, which is the period of time leading into Samhain itself and continues on into the early part of November to November 5th or 6th, which is more the exact midpoint between autumn equinox and the winter solstice. Some people center their Sawan observations for October 31st only or some October 31st and November 1st. I was Born a bit before Sawan, October 20th is my birthday, and so I get to celebrate my birthday as well as Sawan as part of my own personal traditions. And I do a, a personal retreat around the time of my birthday, where I not only am reflecting on my personal life journey, but as part of time, I'm looking over the past spiritual year, from the solid before to the solid time that is dawning and emerging. And part of New Year traditions involve several things. There is an assessment, a looking at the past. Now sometimes this is the past year, from the and before, and sometimes it's looking not only through the whole past within one's incarnation, but also involves calling to mind past lives, reincarnation, looking at ourselves across lifetimes. So there is a looking at the past and for many, as part of New Year traditions at Samhain time, and for other types of New Year traditions, in addition to the assessment, there is release. There is dispelling. There is letting go. There is burning away that which does not serve. In fact, a long-standing tradition with Samhain is the Samhain fire often taking the form of a grand bonfire for large community celebrations or smaller ones for smaller groups of people so you get up closer to the fire. And in households, a hearth fire. And for some who are not able to actually kindle a fire with wood, there is symbolic flames and The use of candles or electric candles as a way of representing the fire of Samhain. I like having a Samhain fire and having the New Year release part as part of kindling that fire. Putting things into the fire that will be burned away. I do a lot of harvesting of herbs Every autumn, and one of the things that I do as part of that is uh, dry out the herbs over the course of several weeks, and then the stems of the herbs, after I take the leaves off and store them away to use in teas and incenses and all sorts of preparations, the stems I actually keep and use as part of the fuel for sawin fires and for bonfires throughout the year ahead. When I cast in some dried herbal twigs in the heart fire, in the fireplace in my home, I often speak what I want to dispel from my life and then follow that with, Be Gone! Be gone, be gone. And it is a symbolic and magical form of cleansing, of purification. After I have burnt away things, I will put some sweet-smelling herbs into the fire for a blessing. And some of those herbs may be things connected with visioning. Mugwort, Artemisia vulgaris is one of my favorite magical herbs. At Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, we're located just west of Madison, Wisconsin, USA. We have a maypole that we dance at Beltane every year, and we have around that maypole a circle of mugwort, and we harvest the mugwort, and then use the leaves in our spirit bags for a big summer solstice gathering, and the twigs, and some of the leaves will also go into sacred fires at Samhain, and at some other times of the year as well, and cast into the fire, and using the smoke as a way of blessing ourselves and aiding or scrying into the fire. And mugwort's been associated with inner sight, with developing psychic abilities and the ability to understand and work with intuition. So a and fire can have a cleansing part and it can have a nurturing part and a visioning part. I also see that Sawin fires can aid us in looking ahead at the future. So part of the visioning can be a visioning looking at the past, looking at our present, and looking ahead at the future. Another tradition connected with Sawin fire is To be able to gaze into the flames themselves, into the smoke of the fire, and as one casts herbs or other items into the fire, looking at the shapes that the smoke takes, the flames take, the process of getting information and guidance from scrying into the and fire. In addition to the New Year traditions of cleansing and of blessing and nurturing, of rebirth, death and rebirth, there is this divination piece. And divination, working with the divine for guidance, may take the form of working with tarot cards or oracle cards, working with casting runes or cowry shells, or it might take the form of freeform scrying into a uh, sacred cauldron or a mirror. There are many different ways to do divination. For some, it's a matter of sitting by a sowing fire, experiencing its warmth, closing one's eyes, and letting visions and guidance come that way as one hears the sound of the fire, it feels the warmth. Now, for those who are not able to be by a large fire or even a hearth fire, one can work with a candle flame in a similar manner, maybe not so much in really trying to burn away a lot of things. Some people will take an iron cauldron and put a small tea light in there and symbolically burn small bits of paper as a way of doing release before gazing into a more constant flame for doing divination and and blessing work. A new year is a time for celebration. It is a time for letting go of the old and bringing in the new. And as with all types of new year celebrations, whether it's calendar year or solar year, or there are traditions that will celebrate the new year at other um, points in the calendar. The idea of ringing in the new, making sounds to dispel the old and celebratory sounds to welcome in the new year is something that many people do as part of their solid celebrations as well. At Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, our in-person Samhain gatherings typically include a very large bonfire. And we also have divination in the form of having some cauldrons, small cauldrons, with cards inside. And so, whether they're oracle cards, whether they're tarot cards, um, cards are... There and our various participants in the ritual after the fire has been kindled will go to a cauldron and pull out a card and then take a look at it. Well, I happen to have the goddess oracle cards here, and no surprise, I've just pulled a card. It's Hecate, the crone goddess and a goddess that's been associated with Samhain time. And one of the things that I really appreciate with the use of cards as a way of getting guidance for the new year is in the traditions that we've evolved is people take that card with them, not only throughout the ritual, and sometimes people draw the card depending on who's the ritualist and how we set that up. Sometimes the card is drawn at the beginning of the rite, sometimes in the middle, or sometimes at the end. But after the rite and our festival is over, um, those who have taken part have that card that they can then take back on their altars and to use it as a symbol of the new year and as guidance. To continue on. So I really enjoy the idea of New Year as well as harvest and those traditions connected with Samhain. Another tradition connected with Samhain is guising or costumes and that's come down to us in North America and some other parts of the world and most people know it as costuming for trick-or-treat. However, at Circle Sanctuary, as part of our Samhain celebration, for many decades, we have something called the Witches Ball. We have a three-day festival, and it's Friday night, all day Saturday, and part of Sunday. And in 2022, we're having it on Friday afternoon, starting our Cemetery ritual and workshop then. Well, our Witches' Ball on Friday night involves um, dancing to Celtic traditional music and other tunes and being in costumes. Now, the costumes or guises or garb can uh, be inspired by a variety of things. Uh, when I first started this tradition, Back in the 1970s, when after um, helping the birth circle in 1974, I called, even before we called it the witch's ball, we called it the come as you are party and come as you were party. And so essentially people would dress up as self in another life or another dimension, um, in a dream or in a vision. And it was really wonderful then and continues to be now to really get a sense of the diversity within community. I do think as those trick-or-treaters go around and trick-or-treaters, are mostly children in America but adults as well, uh, that really harkens back to going door-to-door at Samhain time as part of that holidays tradition that continued as All Hallows' Eve, and All Hallows' Eve certainly um, has turned into Halloween, per se. As Europe Christianized itself, it took on Christian guises of old pagan holidays, and there was a tradition called soul cakes, and you'd go a Solon, going door-to-door, door, collecting money and gifts for the poor. There was a charity piece, and there would be guising as part of that tradition, which has come down to us as trick-or-treating in um, contemporary traditions of Halloween and related holidays guising has been connected with mummer traditions and morris dancing, not only in the UK, but some other parts of Europe. Now, some say that the dressing up originally was representing the spirits of the dead. And that's some of the folklore connected with it. And now, as you look at pagan solstice celebrations where there is costuming, garbing, guising, as well as secular Halloween fun door-to-door trick-or-treating. You have a wide range of costumes. It's a way of having fun. Some say, especially in northern climes, such as where Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve is located, and my home is right next to Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, I can tell you that it is really fabulous to be able to get outside and be able to have some fun before the depths of winter fully uh, set in. Different communities do the secular celebration of Halloween and trick-or-treating continues to be a popular tradition amongst many, many people. I do see that even in its medieval form with a Solon, that we can trace the roots of the door-to-door trick-or-treating to honoring the dead with offerings of food and beverages. And amongst the ancient Celts, this not only was the end of the harvest time and the end of the old year and the beginning of the new year, but it was a time... Of paying respects to the dead and the ancestors. And part of that is rooted in what is happening in nature. Agitation um, is dying off. And in those societies that um, either were people that kept herds of animals were you know, farmers, people in hunting and gathering societies, there was also the harvesting of creatures. Now, in contemporary times, there's a wide range of dietary preferences of people who celebrate Samhain. But here again, you have a connection with harvest, but you also have a connection with death and transformation going into the new year. So... Harvest has been a theme, end of old year, new year beginning, a theme, honoring the dead, a theme, and connected with that, storytelling. And part of the storytelling is about spirits of the dead. So part of the reason that ghosts, haunted houses, are so connected with this time of year is really rooted into the solid tradition of taking a look at our ancestors, calling them, honoring beloved dead. And it was said that if you would honor your ancestors and beloved dead with a place setting at your table with some of the food and some of the drink, On night, You will be blessed In the coming year By the beloved dead and ancestors But if you did not That's where The trick came from That you get some corrective feedback From the spirit world Uh, Some say the Jack-o'-lantern Which actually doesn't go back To um, Ancient Celtic times Because in Europe turnips were used, but after there was more contact between Europe and the Americas, the pumpkin, which has its origins and is rooted in the Americas, started being transported in different parts of the world and carved instead of turnips, and that brings us to the jack o lantern Well, I see the jack-o'-lantern not only embodies that harvest image, but the idea of having spirit lights at this time of year to guide the way of the ancestors and the beloved dead to welcome them into the home. That's one bit of lore around the Samhain and also Halloween, All Hallows' Eve tradition. But some say that light can ward off those spirits that have not yet worked through their issues of the incarnation past. Uh, they're between the worlds, um, the whole idea of hauntings coming from that, um, the restless ghosts, and there's all sorts of lore around all of that. So spirit lights can be protected. There's lore around that but they also can be a form of honoring. Haunted houses, which are so featured in the lore of Halloween, really have a lot of its connections with this death dimension connected with Samhain. And certainly uh, one of the things that is connected with death traditions in Samhain is being able At this time of year, as the vegetation dies back, and I know not everybody's in a temperate zone as their environment, their people subtropical and tropical and whatever, so it gets adapted there, but in these places where literally there is massive die-off of the vegetation and the crops um, in the fields and in gardens and... Um, trees are losing their leaves, literally death is in the air. This is a time where we can take a look at the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. A tradition that I have done over the years at Sawan and that some individuals and in families and groups do is to have discussions about death at Sawan time. Not just the dead, but really coming to terms with death. Once a personal death, how we plan to um, what we want. After the end of our life draws near, as we are approaching death, what kind of funeral do we want? Do we want a funeral? Do we want to be buried? Do we want to have cremation? Or if we're in a place where some additional choices, aquamation or sky burial or some other things are options, what is the method of returning the body to nature? Uh, Circle Sanctuary has on its 200 acres, 20 of those acres is our green cemetery. It's a national pagan cemetery. And we have um, those in our community, who have crossed over and, according to their wishes, their ashes or their corpses have been returned to nature at our cemetery. So we have the original part of our cemetery, a ridgetop within a forest, where we have remains scattered as well as buried. Most of the grave markers we have are for cremated remains and tokens of remembrance that are buried in that part of our cemetery. But since 2010, we have a natural burial ground, and we do full-body burials. However, we're a green cemetery, so that means the bodies that go into our cemetery are not embalmed, and they're in a biodegradable container. So that may be a shroud, linen shroud, or it might be a cremation box that didn't go through the crematorium but is instead put into the earth. A number of people have chosen coffins or caskets of wood. We also have one of the burials is a container made of wicker. So we have some variations with that, but the idea is that you return the remains to the earth, full-body remains to the earth. And it isn't six feet under, it's three and a half to four feet under, because what you want to do is have the microbes in the soil aid in the breaking down of the body and returning it to nature to nurture the plants and to return to the earth. Now, as with pagan cemeteries of old, we permit grave goods that do not necessarily have to biodegrades so quickly, so people may choose to have crystals or jewelry or some other non-toxic um, items of remembrance going into the grave. A real tradition connected with death in the circle sanctuary community and the dead is to have some discussions around this. And that often takes part at our sawin festival that there'll be a time where people talk about death and really share not only possibilities of what kind of funerals one might want to have, but really explore concerns and ideas and sharing experiences dealing with the deaths of loved ones in the past having conversations with others about death in a respectful and compassionate way can actually be very therapeutic and a great way to start out the new spiritual year. We have cemetery rituals and other workings as part of our Samhain observations and festival, and that typically takes the form of going and cleansing the gravestones at each of the graves in the circle cemetery putting some offerings there and, and paying our respects to the beloved dead i talked about the concept of trick or treating of uh, very likely rooted in the ancient traditions of having food and beverage to honor the beloved dead and ancestors at solentine Going back into the ancient past Well we can keep that tradition alive And we have a big Samhain feast On the main day of our festival And take a bit of the food That's being served at that feast And put it on a spirit plate And a bit of the drink That's being served at our Samhain And put it in a spirit cup And typically we have a spirit honoring altar where the spirit plate and the spirit cup goes and a candle, a spirit light that is there to honor the beloved dead and the ancestors that we call to, that we remember at our festival. And at the Circle Cemetery as part of our Samhain Festival at the end of the festival typically, we will take those offerings, and take them up into the cemetery itself and leave them as offerings in that sacred place. There are many different things that one can do in connection with honoring the beloved dead at Sawan time, honoring the ancestors, visiting cemeteries, taking grave rubbings or photographs or both, of gravestones of departed loved ones and ancestors as a way of remembering and honoring them, tending the graves, leaving offerings at the graves. Of course, cemeteries vary according to their protocols and what you're able to leave and what kinds of things you can do at the cemetery. One of the reasons some people will come to our Solent Festival is that the opportunity to be at some time at an actual cemetery throughout the night to do visual at night that's an option on the main night of our festival and some people have done that have gone out and have meditated in our cemetery. Another tradition that we've had at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve that I know that other communities have done is some type of candlelight labyrinth. We have a spiral hedge labyrinth at Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, and we kindle it with candles, and then on at during our Samhain Festival, during the day and then at night when the candles are lit, people have the opportunity to spiral into the labyrinth, be at the center. Sometimes we have a fire in the center. Sometimes it's an altar with candles. Sometimes there is the opportunity to just sit in the darkness in the very center of it. So it depends on who's facilitating the labyrinth ritual. But to actually go into the labyrinth, walking in, releasing the old, letting the old year pass, being in the center, reflecting on the transition into the new year, and often doing some kind of divination. There might be a cauldron present where people can draw cards um, or a rune or some other type of device with a message, and then reflect on it there, and then spiral out into the new year, carrying with oneself the guidance, the experience of having done the labyrinth, ritual meditation in the center. So another solid tradition that we've had in our community for many decades. And it can be adapted in your own personal life. There are finger labyrinths. In fact, One doesn't even need an actual wooden or ceramic finger labyrinth. One can run off a copy of a labyrinth pattern that one finds online and using one's finger in a meditative process actually make one's way into the center of that paper labyrinth, using that as a visualizing aid for a labyrinth experience having the same type of um, experience but in a different way of being able to journey inward, be in the center, getting guidance, and journey outward into day-to-day life. For a Sawin labyrinth, as well as labyrinth work as a whole, I recommend a five-stage process. Stage one, Preparation. When and where to go, what your intention is, what your focus is going to be. So preparing yourself and then taking the journey to the labyrinth space if it's an actual location. Stage two, being at the labyrinth, learning about whatever protocols there are, and then beginning the journey into the center. Phase three being in the center of the labyrinth and there connecting with guidance. Phase four, taking that guidance and journeying out of the labyrinth. Phase five, taking one's experience with the labyrinth and integrating it into one's day-to-day life and new spiritual year. And I do see that that five-stage pattern is powerful for labyrinth work at Sawan and other times of year. But it also can be used when one may be attending a Sawan ritual, whether it has a labyrinth in it or not, or a Sawan festival. Uh, Selecting what that festival is going to be, making the journey to the festival engaging in the festival, having time during the festival where one connects with the divine as one as many in a specific form or a multiple form, and then starting to take that energy, that guidance, those connections into life. And then the fifth stage is as one leaves that festival or leaves that ritual and is back in day-to-day life. That's integrating the experience in one's personal life's journey. So preparation, stage one. Two, journeying in and letting go of what does not serve as part of the process. Stage three, being in the heart of it. Commuting with the divine. Stage four, wrapping all of that up and stage five back at home and integrating it into one's life's journey. So these are some traditions that I personally have experienced and have helped facilitate. But there are also other traditions I'd like to share with you for Sawan. I think a powerful tradition is to be able to wish people blessed Sawan. Happy Samhain To actually share Samhain greetings With others This can be done online It can be done face to face And it can be done In inner space I think having A party As part of Samhain That too is traditional Our witch's ball Is very much a revel Where we are having delicious snacks and beverages, having some music, we're dancing, we're having fun, and many of us are guising and wearing costumes as part of that fun. Being able to enjoy music, storytelling, being able to share experiences from Salem's past, telling stories about a beloved dead person in your life, a family member or a friend, or it might be a cat or a dog or a companion creature, being able to share stories of the beloved dead, being able to tell traditional as well as created on the spot stories that have to do with Harvest in the mysteries, the other world. Many different ways To connect One of the traditions That I Have as part Of Samhain traditions And yes it connects With Halloween and All Saints and All Souls And a whole variety of other Holidays at this time Is Samhain is A time where we have An opportunity to do Some education About all things witchy and pagan. And yes, um, having witch imagery and being able to have that in a fun sense, but to also look at some of the traditions around the word witch as it has been used in the past and how it's being used right now. So uh, being able to have some witchy fun, that's the jovial side of it. But there's also another side of it that I do think can be part of Sawan observations and that is doing religious freedom work for witches, Wiccans, Heathens, Druids, Pagans, Animists, Pantheists, Panentheists, my church is in the woods is that we actually have an opportunity to talk about some of the history of nature people today and to really take a look at some of the hard things and horrible things that have been done when church and state have become one oppressive and destructive. So witch persecutions, very much a thing that led hundreds and hundreds of people to be harmed and in many cases killed. And yet those witch persecutions are not just something from the past. Unfortunately, there are people that are using the concept of the so-called evil witch as an excuse to harm people today. Some of this harm is happening in some parts of Africa but also in some other parts of the world. And yes, there have been persecutions in the USA, which supposedly has religious freedom as its foundation, as well as separation of church and state. I think back at Samhain in 1985, there was a US Senator that tried to get legislation passed that would have taken away the rights Of Wiccan churches To be treated In the same fashion To have the equal rights Of other religions Taking away 501c3 Tax exempt church status From Wiccan churches I along with others Stood up against This illegal Unconstitutional legislation That was on the verge Of being passed federally And I'm happy to report once this legislation was introduced in late September of 1985, right in time for the actual solemn itself, the legislation went down to defeat. As a result of witches and pagans and people of no faith as well as other faiths all protesting and contacting their elected officials on Capitol Hill in the USA. So uh, Lady Liberty League, Circle Sanctuaries, Civil Rights, and Religious Freedom for Pagans Network was born at Sawa in 1985. So in, in addition to really doing some information and public education about witches and pagans, For me, personally, and the Circle Sanctuary community, this is the birthday of Lady Liberty League. I wish I could say there is no longer a need for Lady Liberty League, that people are upholding religious freedom for all in the U.S. and other parts of the world. But that's not the case, and we can't expect, just because some rights have been won, that they're always going to be there. So we must be vigilant in Samhain tradition of vigilance and standing up for equal rights to guard the pluralism of our society and the pluralism in the world. And in the U.S., often Election Day is happening shortly after Samhain, I do see a powerful Samhain tradition is to turn out the vote. I'm not going to tell you who to vote for but I do suggest you make sure that you look at candidate choices, you find out where you vote and what you need to do to register to vote, and then look at the positions of the candidates. Be an informed voter. What is their position on the environment? Are they part of the solution or the pollution? And what is their attitude regarding people's right to choose regarding their personal bodies in particular reproductive choice i see that Sawin is a real important time to do some education about the need for equality liberty and justice for all not only in the u.s but i really hope Humankind can get it together and have a more compassionate, collaborative way of being with each other and the rest of the natural world. But this is a time to really take some action in the larger society, to guard our rights, and to vote for those who are going to uphold our freedoms and guard our democracy. And I know that that's kind of an intense tradition connected with Salon, But yet, I do think when we take the image of the witch, so prevalent at this time of year, we need not only to have some fun with that witchy stuff, but really look at some of the history around what's happened with nature people, whether they personally identified with nature religion or called themselves a pagan or not, keeping the old ways alive in good ways. Well, a great Samhain tradition is to get involved in shaping society and to move things forward in a good way, not only for humankind but the rest of the natural world. So as we go into this Samhain time, There are a variety of traditions that we can connect with. Old lore as well as more recent lore. We can learn about our ancestors. We can research them. We can research the cultures, the countries that our ancestors had connections with. We can connect with each other, not only doing greetings, Blessed Samhain, Happy Celtic New Year, Um, Samhain blessings, Happy Samhain. But we also can take pictures of our altars, if we're comfortable with that, of our rituals, if those taking part in the rituals are okay with that. We can actually have Samhain be a time to do some education and connection. So I invite you, as we go into this Sawin time, to take a look at how you have celebrated Sawin in the past. Learn some more about ways that Sawin is being celebrated now. Get out on social media. Look at the hashtag Samhain on Instagram, on Twitter, um, Look at Samhain sites on Facebook and other forms of social media. Look at some YouTube videos. Uh, but of course, recognize just because it's in cyberspace doesn't make it true or helpful. So use your critical thinking skills as you take a look at Samhain online. Yes, having a Samhain celebration in traditions face-to-face with your loved ones, with communities in the larger society, powerful. Samhain in cyberspace also can be powerful and a delight and educational. But Samhain in inner space, because ultimately Samhain is about connecting with the divine and the wheel of the year, the cycle of the season you might be aligned with a particular pantheon or one or more forms of the divine. Honor those connections. Honor goddess and or god great spirit by whatever name or names. If you want to specifically connect with some deity forms associated with this time of year, one of the traditional forms is the old goddess, the khaliak, the hag, the crone, and but not so much in a scary sense, more of a grandmotherly sense, although the crone certainly can be fierce. Um, and to connect with the god as the horn god, the god of the animals in the forest, or the god of the underworld of death and rebirth, or if anthropomorphized forms of divinity are not your style, then connect with the spirit of the season. I do all of those things. And in conclusion, I think one of the best Samhain traditions, it's an old one and one that is really Healing as well as energizing is get out in nature. Take a walk, or if you're in an environment where you don't have a natural area convenient, go in your mind. Um, Or go to a tree in your neighborhood. Really connect with nature, the experience of the height of autumn, and not only do that as part of your celebration, but express appreciation.
1: Experience
2: yourself in an eco-centric way rather than simply an ego-centric way to really connect with that larger circle of nature of which we are all part to celebrate The turning of the wheel of the year. And know that whether you choose to do feasting, guising, dancing, bonfires, visiting cemeteries, uh, writing and journaling about the past, the present, the future, other forms of divination, whatever Samhain tradition or traditions that you take part in this year, Recognize that you are part of a huge community of people in the northern hemisphere that will be celebrating Samhain and those in the southern hemisphere, the Beltane time, for Samhain is the shadow of Beltane and Beltane is the shadow of Samhain. To recognize yourself as part of a huge community of people celebrating the seasons keeping alive the old ways in some new forms, and creating some new traditions for generations yet to come. Samhain, Thank you all for being part of this Solemn Traditions presentation. And I want to give some special thanks to David and Jeanette Ewing of Northern Virginia, both Circle Sanctuary Ministers who have been part of our podcasting team for many years and who have been helping me with Nature Mystic and Nature Spirituality in recent years, as well as doing some of their own podcasting and assisting um, with Circle Talk and with CSNP, I give thanks to them for all of their service over the years. I give thanks to everyone on our podcasting team that also includes Deborah Rose of Circle Talk, Laura Gonzalez of take Mondays, and the Pagans of the World, which is our multilingual podcast, as well as Char Bear with Blue Marble. And stay tuned for our CSNP, as we move in to coming times as we continue to evolve and grow. I give thanks to all of those who are involved with the Circle Sanctuary community. And if you are not yet connected with us, I invite you to go to circlesanctuary.org and sign up to get on our free mailing list to get an e-bulletin every month that gives you some links to things that we have coming up online as well as in person. And be sure to check out our CSNP page at the circlesanctuary.org website because there are a lot of archives there, and including archives done not only by myself, some podcasts by myself, but others, on our podcasting team from Samhain's past. There's just lots of wonderful material we have available. And check out my guide for celebrating Samhain at the Circle Sanctuary website. And go to my Selena Pox YouTube channel, as well as the Circle Sanctuary YouTube channel, and you will get some additional Samhain material there to bless and inspire Samhain traditions, old and present, and yet to come. Thank you all for being part of this podcast. Bright blessings and happy Samhain.
1: joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network podcasts presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world and please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash CSN podcasts we can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings.